Hey everyone, Darren aka Bombadil here, and as always I wanted to give a big shout out to all of you who have or continue to support the show, whether that be by clicking through the Amazon link on our website when you're doing a little online shopping, buying our coffee cups and mead mugs in our store, by becoming a sponsor on our forums, donating directly, or just as importantly, by listening to our podcasts and watching our videos and live streams. You all are the reason why we're here and have been doing this for over two years now. Speaking of our videos, we recently surpassed the 1 million views on our YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash TV. Thank you so much for your support and spreading the word. We really do appreciate it. And now, on to the podcast. This is part one of two featuring Russ Bullock, president at Piranha Games. Enjoy the show. Hello again, Mech fans. This is Duncan Fisher. As some of you probably heard, I recently took part in a charity event for the SWOR, better known as the Starving War Orphans of Rasselhog, a charity that focuses on caring for the little ones who have been displaced across the Rasselhog Republic. The charity event was a celebrity mech match, but it had a very interesting twist. The mech match was held in the PGI Battle Mech Center, a state-of-the-art simulator facility located in the International Zone here on Solaris. The Battle Mech Center allows anyone, even old retired mech jocks like me, to jump back into a cockpit for a few hours and have some fun. And that's just what I did. I can't tell you enough about what a great experience it was to sit in a mech command chair once again, even if it was just a fancy hollow computer simulation. Of course, the simulators can't touch the excitement and thrills of being in a real cockpit, but the people at the Pendragon Gaming International Battle Mech Center sure do create a damn close second place. And you know what will stick with me most about this experience? That's the support and encouragement I receive from you, my fans. Without it, I never would have been able to convince myself to get back into that simulator cockpit. You warm this old announcer's heart. That makes you all golden in my book. Oh, and the result of the match? <laughs> well, just as you would expect from a former medium Mexilaris champion, I held my own, and my team took home a victory for charity. I showed some of the younger chaps a thing or two, and after, I even drank most of them under the table. I think. This has been the Duncan Fisher Minute. The Duncan Fisher Minute is written by David Martin, with additional material by George Ledoux. Produced and performed by George Ledoux and Voices in My Head Productions. Based on characters created by Ferret Baldwin and George Ledoux. Any similarity to persons living or dead is ridiculous. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. In a world where high technology and devastating destruction was a way of life, where the fate of an entire star system could rest on the outcome of a single battle. One group of gritty, hardened mech warrior veterans would change the lives of millions of people. This summer, one podcast will rise above all the others. No Guts, No Galaxy. The Battletech Mech Warrior Podcast. And it starts 
right now. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Guts No Galaxy Podcast 105. My name is Phil and I'm your host. Today is March 12th, 2014 and I'm joined by Darren aka Bombadil. Hey everyone. And today's co-host Brandon aka Catrical. Oh hi guys. And special guest host Tyler aka Jaeger12. Hello. All right today's guest uh, specifically is Russ. Welcome back Russ and for those that may not know out there he is the president at Piranha Games. Hey I'm happy to be here. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast so uh Looking forward to, I don't know, getting under the skin of all of our fans now. <laughs> I usually have at least one, drop one little gem for everybody in these shows. So we'll see what happens here tonight. We're ready to do some data mining. Yeah, Russ is a big tease. You should have heard what he was talking about before the show. Uh, all right, uh, let's go dive into some of the discussion topics that uh, we have whipped up for you. Um, obviously, we have the March 18th patch. We've got achievements and non-interactive Smurfy, the, the I think mech layout view. Can you give us some examples of the achievement system? Yeah, I certainly can. Let me just open up the uh, test branch. Because there's a lot of games out there that have achievement systems, and some of them are simple. Some of them only have a handful. Uh, there are games that have like 900. I mean, um, you know, so we're interested to hear what kind of uh, achievements that are going to be possible in game. Yeah, I think. Um... I don't know, there's varying opinions out there. I was under the impression for, I guess, a while there, based on some things that people were saying, that, you know, all the core players don't really like them or don't really um, care about achievements. But I mentioned that in my Twitter feed recently, and I was actually surprised with the number of, you know, regular Twitter followers that uh, um, fairly core MechWarrior players saying that, yeah, actually, I'm excited about um, the achievement system. Yeah, so I think even when it came to, you know, some when you're on your Xbox 360 or some of these other systems, and there are achievements to reach, and we see that on Steam. Now we see it in most games. Um, I've found it pretty fun, actually, to just have... Sometimes you just have a little something else in mind when you enter a match. You know, it's like, hey, if the opportunity presents itself, you know, I'm going to try and get another head kill, headshot kill or something. And I think it's going to add a little bit to the game. And, and I think, especially for... Newer players, I think some of these achievements will help teach them the game as they try to achieve them. Uh, but to answer Phil, I, I think there's there's not a ton to begin with. I think there's, I want to say 50-some right now. But, of course, like everything, now the system's in place. So, you know, we can um, we can add as many as we want almost uh, in a very quick, uh, you know, quick basis at this point going forward. Now... You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that there are like short-term achievements, like per match, you know, uh, most medium kills, whatever, uh, 
whatever examples. And then there's long-term ones like uh, 100 headshots or whatever. Now, personally, I love achievements. I've Like you were mentioning, they're in a lot of games now. And one of the biggest benefits to me is even when you're on, say, the losing team, if you excel and do really well, you're kind of awarded for being a good player on maybe a not-so-good team. I'm curious as to the other guys, the NGNG guys here, uh, what your uh, feeling is on the achievement system. Tyler, what do you think? I'm fine with the achievements. I, it's, I, I also find myself grinding out achievements on the Xbox 360 and things like that. A uh, little incentive to do a little bit of extra work. and uh, They can be fun, showing off what you can do. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is I hope there's not achievements as I like get 10 kills with a flamer because I don't want to see people trying <laughs> to kill people with flamers. Yeah, my um, I like uh, achievements. It almost feels like mini games, mini challenges, if you will. Like I'd almost look at it, you know, achievement system called challenges, you know, in some regards, at least that's how I look at it because usually it's a challenge to get them, right? Like as far as gameplay, me, I don't go into playing any of these games going, mm, uh, you know, I'm going to go get that. It. No, it's me. I'm going to go after this challenge. I like them. I think they're a good incentive, especially and it sort of rolls into our next question, rewards and, and what does it what does it do for the player getting the achievements? And obviously when you're looking at the you know, mech warrior, we know the weapon systems, we know what uh, you know can be used as far as that. Um, but we also have, you know, mech classes and stuff. So for me I think it's a, just another set of uh, icing on the cake that I don't think is gonna be bad at all. Brennan? Definitely, depending on what the rewards were and stuff like that, I think it can be very, very positive, uh, especially with someone who's perhaps trying to grind out something like maybe the awesome, where it's almost a brutal thing. If it can, if you can equip it a certain way and get one of these achievements, it could help boost that even more potentially. Well, since we keep seeming to want to segue into the next question, why don't we just go ahead and do it? Um, so, Russ, other than sea bills and experience. Uh, what are some of the other achievement rewards or possible future rewards? Well, right now, um, as far as these achievements, from what I can see, there, there's C-Bill rewards, um, there's GXP rewards, and there are titles. So, you know, if you achieve a particular thing, the title might be, um, for instance, let me take a look here. And I think these are forums and other places i was just asking our producer just trying to get an idea of exactly where these um titles are going to be displayed uh, i think we're figuring out just all the places we can display them obviously the forums is one obvious spot uh, but for instance there's a achievement called end a match alive with less than 20 percent health and this one in particular has a title reward and it's called bad company so you're going to end up getting a number of these um titles so i guess you could kind of choose what's cool that you show somebody that you've achieved that title and that title might be on the forums or perhaps in a few other places that makes sense so i guess the answer really to begin with you're looking at um c bills gxp and some title rewards can i have the title of master blaster is that is that possible yeah i'll give you a title of master something but Mm. are you not considering uh in-game titles then well no, that's true. I'm just reading the rest of the answer here. There's forums is an obvious thing. Um, we're going to be able to get that into the front end. And then also, we're hoping by the time the clans launch, uh, so it won't be right away, but by the time the clans launch, we'll be able to get them in-game. So I really don't have a... I haven't seen a mock-up yet how that would be shown, but I suppose it's kind of similar to um, when you see the uh, Gridiron Limited Edition you know, shown. I suppose it could be um, something like that. 
so uh, you have an actual title. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, back in the day, you know, of EverQuest or something like, you know, character name, you know, the whatever, the whatever sort of the destroyer or something. So I think that could be kind of cool. Um, there's going to be more pop, some popular titles, I think, that people will like that kind of have the right ring to them. Now, you know, talking about the rewards and moving forward into the next subject, players love to be able to give you guys feedback and then you guys take that feedback and actually implement it, whether it's uh, builds, uh, whether it's, you know, obviously functionality or systems or anything like that. With the achievements, are you guys going to possibly do anything to where people can make suggestions or, you know, like a, you know, hey, there's a thread for a poll or something. Are, are you guys interested in doing stuff, stuff like that? Maybe the players might have some uh, ideas to, you know, obviously, because this is, if there's only 50, eventually, you know, you guys are probably going to add more. Yeah, obviously, I think if if I had it my way, I just, uh, I just let the community design all the achievements moving forward. I mean, of course, some just aren't going to work, meaning we're just not going to be able to technically do them or, you know, uh, you know, make it happen or implement it. But if it meets within requirements and then I, I'd be happy if the community designed all the achievements moving forward and we just, you know, implemented them in batches when the ideas are good and, and they work within the system. I think that'd be great. Awesome. I mean, uh, I'm just going to toss this out here. When you guys did the giveaway for the champion uh, Centurion, the nine alpha recently, huge success from everyone i've heard i mean to be able to give away whether the person had that mech or they just had a regular one or if they didn't want the mech they could at least you know sell it and they have a mech bay um i think that would be awesome and i'm just going to toss this out here i've talked to a few players that are like you know i love this game i love playing this game i play you know hundreds of matches but you know financially i can't you know you know, I can't support the game all the time. And, you know, sometimes that leaves them in a bind because they can only have, you know, four or five mechs. And for you guys to give away, uh, you know, a mech bay like that, it was huge to them. And I don't know. I, to me, I'd like to see maybe some, even if it's far region achievements, but to where stuff like that, to where you're like, hey, you know what? Thank you for playing X amount of hours. Here's a free mech bay. I think that would go a long way, especially for players that may not necessarily have all the funds and the, you know, to, to support you guys but they support pgi and the game and the community by playing you know by being you know cannon fodder sometimes and and you know so i agree that there was overwhelming um support for the whole giveaway uh everybody was happy about it but it's funny that that did seem to be the overwhelming thing about that giveaway was the extra the extra slot i think that's gonna be one of the most popular uh giveaways we definitely want to get the achievement system you know, worked in, like you said, especially, I mean, at first stage of that will be around new players. So for instance, you know, a new player comes in and actually completes the tutorial and maybe finishes a cadet bonus off and they get like, you know, a, a free mech or something. So that's kind of the first dead step, I guess, or stage of working a system in like that, where we can give away items like you're suggesting um, through achievements and through, you know, steps in the front end. So once that's in place for rookie players, then, um, you know, who knows? Maybe there could also be some really advanced achievements that give away some things like that as well. Cool. So moving on to the uh, the detailed interface or the Smurfy interface, um, with the non-interactive detailed interface coming in this next patch, is there any ETA on the interactive version? I'm afraid I don't have a good answer for that yet. I would say it's just it's not going to be able to get... The interactive version isn't going to get worked on likely until the work for launch module is completed. Um, the work for the launch module should be completed by about the middle of April. 
So, you know, it, it has a chance at hitting sometime in May, you know, maybe like mid-May. I'd like to say we'll have it by the time the clans arrive. I think that's a fairly safe assumption, but um, it's not a guarantee at this point. Even the non-interactive Smurfy, I think, is is quite good. I mean, it helps out quite a lot. I, I enjoy using it on the stable branch, um, get the mech detail, and uh, you, you can't do anything there yet, but you can take a quick glance and say, oh, okay. And then it's not just, um, there's one screen for kind of your build out, and then there's another screen in the overview that shows all your modules and everything too. So at a pretty quick glance, you can see the entire build out. And then from there, you can go back into the per section area and get stuff done. So you think that's a, that's going to be helpful. It's going to tie people over. Um, the interactive aspect, like I say, it's going to be a little bit longer, but I can't wait, you know, especially even just for adjusting the armor point values across all the different areas. That's going to be really big. And then obviously editing your sections from within that area. I think you're still going to have to, even in the interactive one, be able to, you know, you're going to see everything. You're going to be able to do some things without leaving that screen at all, like adjusting armor points and stuff. But if you want to, if you go, oh, okay, I want to, make some adjustments to my right arm is probably going to, you know, jump into the right arm editing area for a little while until you're done editing the right arm and then, then pop back into that interactive Smurfy area. So just giving people a little bit of an idea how it's going to work, <clears throat> you know, out the gates, but for all intents and purposes, it'll be, you know, you see your whole mech, you edit an area of your mech, and then you go back and see your whole mech. And there are some things like armor that you'll be able to do just by staying on that screen, of course. So you can monitor all the sections at once. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I guess it's really important to people. I have found it useful. I think we've all grown used to kind of the way things are right now at the Mech Lab. And it's certainly functional for us, the, all of us core players that really understand the game. But um, it helps to be able to see your whole mech at once. And for those of us who we've all altered all of our mechs hundreds of times each, some of them, that... Uh, that Smurfy layout is going to be really nice, especially the interactive version. And yeah, it's just so much easier than to have to go into each comp location one at a time. So eventually we would all like to see a fully interactive version where we don't need to click on the right arm on the view version and then go in. But we would like to see the just the ability to drag my UAC-20 directly onto that slot. Yeah, we understand that. It, the interactive version probably won't be like that at first. It also becomes, it, it'll be close, but not fully like you described it. And it becomes a bit of a resolution issue too, because we have to keep in mind that, I mean, that Smurfy version, you know, it takes up the entire screen for for people that aren't running like super reses. So it's almost, if you want to actually be able to see the list of equipment too, while you're in the full view, Smurfy view, I mean, that takes some serious resolution. So it becomes a development problem too, where, you really can't keep your entire player base in mind when you're doing something like that, or it's a lot more difficult, and it's going to take a lot more work to put, you know, scrolling bars or something in there so that people that run in lower resolutions can actually run a full interactive Smurfy with all the gear right there. I mean, there could be some trade-offs, as you say, so maybe if something's already equipped on your mech, you can drag it from one section to another and adjust armor points, but if you need to dip into the actual you know, store for buying new weapons and all the engines and stuff, then maybe you go into a component um, area at that point or something like that. I mean, it seems to me from that description is sort of a mix between UI 1.5 where you had like the location and you click, but then, you know, if you wanted to do anything specifically on that location, you have to go to it. 
So this will alleviate some of the armor uh, issues where you have to click on each individual one where you can look at this Murphy view, change all the armor. But if you want to actually change like the weapons and stuff, you actually have to click on that location still. So it's a, it's a... Well, except when you click on that location, you're going to go straight to that location from the Smurfy view. And then when you're done with that location, you'll go back to the Smurfy view is my gotcha. understanding. So it is still better than it is right now. Based on what was said earlier, though, um, just to be able to drag Racing 20 from one spot to another, that might be an extra step beyond the initial version of the interactive Smurfy. Um, but it just becomes a question of how much of that can you do? Like, for instance, what about adding a heat sink anywhere on the Smurfy view? Well, then you got to get access to not just what's... You're not just talking about dragging stuff from one part of your mech to another. You're talking about getting access to entire lists of equipment as well, and then also fitting the entire Smurf view on the screen at the same time. So there's some extra challenges there, but it's, it'll evolve. Well, I definitely think that uh, we're all looking forward to the first iterations of this, um, you know, as being a, a good step forward. And then maybe whether, you know, development or, or feedback from the community, it can go even further than that would be awesome. But why don't we move into the launch module? Phil, you want to take that away? Yeah, so obviously we know the launch module is coming up. Super excited, by the way. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say everyone in this room is super excited, especially for the changes to, um, you know, pre-made groups, then, you know, three, 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 three. Uh, let me just reiterate that three, 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 three. Just so <laughs> excited about that. I was watching a match yesterday. Uh, Tyler was uh, streaming and they dropped and they went up. It was at nine or 10 assaults. And uh, yeah, it was rough because his team only had like two. So I'm really looking forward to three, 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 three. I think it'll change the dynamic of gameplay for the better across the board. But in general, how is launch module development coming along? I'm actually really, really happy. I, I saw some stuff today. I saw, I know the matchmaker work is well underway. Um, the matchmaker changes for from a pub standpoint. Um, I saw the mock-ups being implemented for the private match screen. So right now, I think it's, in, it's doing well. I think it's on track, and I have a fairly high level of confidence that, you know, we're going to be able to do that on April 29th, like we talked about. So... Yeah, that was a big announcement. Obviously, I think the vast majority of launch module and the vast majority of people were very, very happy about it. There was only concern, some concerns about limitations of groups and pubs, and we can talk about that a bit. I'm not going to have you know, brand new information that's going to make those guys feel way better about things, but I think we can talk a bit about why we came to the you know decisions we did. Uh, but I guess the first answer is, in general... I'm really excited. It's looking good. I think it's all going to be ready on time. And to me, I think it it might very well be the single greatest update we've done to the game so far. I just think it's I just think it's going to have that big of an impact on on the game. And I think I, this is kind of the part where maybe it's a message to all the players. The players out there have a lot of different play styles and to a lot of different people they have their own idea of what's great and what's fun. And I think that we can appreciate that, but they also need to remember that public match play, as far as we're concerned, really has to be our interpretation. You know, Prana Games' interpretation of what we feel the most balanced and fun, proper Mech Warrior experience is. Because it's something that we think will reach the most amount of people, that the most amount of people will have fun in, and that's our interpretation of Mech Warrior. 
Private matches is where we'll talk about in a second. That's where the players get to do some more interpretation. That's where they get to say, well, hey, for us, 12 stalkers versus 12 stalkers is really fun. And that's awesome. And that's great. They can go there and that's their place to have their own interpretation. But for pub play, the times that we've got the most positive comments, I know that when I got just inundated with positive comments, usually always revolves around, you know, no single meta dominating the battlefield, lots of brawling, lots of variety in weapons, matches, you know, being competitive and up close and not just sniper fest, things like that. And the most recent example of that was around the free Centurion giveaway. Now, just because we're giving away the Centurion, I think there just ends up being a lot of medium brawler style battle max on the battlefield. And we got tons of compliments about this is the most fun I've had in a weekend in a really long time. Like this, it feels great. You know, there's brawling, etc. all this. And so that's just one example of, I think the proof there that that's what's fun is for pub play. So in order to make that happen, it's like, we first off, we need a we need a balanced battlefield as close as we possibly can balance the tons. We need to have an, uh, an equal smattering of all the different class types, um, so that people that like lights or salts or mediums heavies, they're all represented in equal numbers, and you always know that you have the same on either side, so it's even again, and um, that we feel is going to create the funnest public match experience and to go a little bit further than that it's also to make sure that it's not dominated by large groups uh that you have groups of four at a maximum you know you have if you have a group of four on one side you more than likely will have a group of four on the other side or you know for sure you'll have a group on the other side and just one group per side and it whenever possible those groups would be the same size but worst case scenario and this should be very rare you might have a four versus a two or four versus a three most of the time, those groups should be even. And then on top of that, again, it's going to be 3-3-3-3. Three, 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 three. And that's going to create, I think, a really fun public match experience. So I guess we can stop there and kind of talk about pubs for a bit. And then we can go into private matches if you guys want. Yeah, well, you know, just to reiterate what you were saying as far as there's so many different tastes out there. If you were to develop trying to meet everybody's needs, you would just be going around in circles forever. You've got to at some point say... We have a vision. We have the data to back that vision up and create the best match possible. I think all of us here agree that, you know, and I've seen it when we're playing, the best matches are the ones that are just so intense and close. Even if you lose, you're just super happy that it was such a good battle. And I think that, you know, these changes are going to make, even though it's, it's never a perfect system, I think it's going to make those uh, situations a lot more likely than they currently are, which is, I think, just going to be better for everyone. And then, like you said, there's the private matches have fun do whatever you want to do with those well i think if you give the community tools to be able to do what they want to do you're just empowering them i mean why not um you know com the community members out there community leagues and stuff and we'll talk about that we've got, got a few questions as far as that but they want to be able to run their community leagues and have the freedom to be able to do a 12v12 11v11 or 1v1 with a you know a, a referee and stuff and or the clan having, rituals and have yeah, one I mean, multiple, yeah. And having private matches and giving the tools basically to those groups and saying, hey, we, you know, we realize that you may want to do this in random matches, but the reality of it is we have to set the bar for what is, 
you know, what our definition of fun is. And, you know, Tyler, I've talked to you a lot about this as far as public matches. And, you know, obviously the higher ELO you go, uh, the more meta you run into. Um, and you even said it yourself. You don't like taking the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, your meta builds. What do you call it? The, oh, doing, doing business, right? Oh, business time. Yeah, business time. You don't like per se doing that all the time. You like your Shadowhawk, but when you roll into two other pre-mades and i think this is a big change by the way russ of only having one pre-made on each side is going to be huge and then only having three assault mechs and three heavies and you've got a well-balanced you know load out there i it's well it's gonna be guys yeah it is gonna be huge what do you what do you guys all think and russ this includes you is are gonna be the biggest changes to the to the pugs to the random battles I think we'll see closer matches. At least that's what I expect. It may not always be, you know, ten, you know, ten kills and twelve kills. I think there will still be steamrolls, but I think just the fact of you can come onto the battlefield and whatever mech you're in, and knowing that you have an equal chance, you know, as far as weight class goes compared to the other team. I mean, not having to worry about running into just a wall of assault mechs. I mean, that's it, very difficult to yeah to overcome. I think it will empower the an individual pilot or an, uh, even a group of pilots. Uh, like before in eight mans, there was four of you taking up half of the team. You could impact the game a lot more. Uh, now, without the threat of like nine assault mechs on the enemy team, you'll be able to do a lot more, impact the game a lot more. So I like to see that. I, I think, think there'll be a lot more movement, hopefully, as well. People aren't just going to be turtling up, seeing how many assault mechs poke their heads out first. Is my hope at least, and definitely a lot more, uh, a lot more, as Phil was saying, a lot closer matches is what I would like to see. Well, we know the jump jet changes uh, to the Highlander. We know the Victor changes are coming soon, and obviously we we hope to see a little bit more trickle down to the other. And Russ was mentioning meta, you know, not one weapon system or a particular meta dominating the battlefield, and that's actually one thing we've seen with PPC and AC5 or Ultras and AC5s and stuff. Used to be PPC and Goss. I think that'll always be a continuing battle because I always think there will be a sort of go-to. But I think what I would like to see is that it's such a tough choice of, yeah, that may be the best, but I can actually still do really well, if not better, under the you know circumstances um, with you know different type of weapon systems. And you know, so I think launch module with the jump jet changes we're seeing right now uh, and about to happen to the victor on the 18th. I foresee, you know, April being a completely different pug experience across the board. And as me as a person who plays just pub, you know, pub matches solo, I'm ready to be able to drop in a medium and feel like I can I can actually sway the battle just in a medium. Cuz like right now it is tough. Um especially the high like I said the higher elo. My my mediums I drop against a lot of higher elo players and it's very difficult cuz a lot of those take business time setups and well, it, at the very least, we're not going to have the excuse of, oh, well, there were eight assaults or, oh, there yep. were eight lights. That's no yep. longer going to be available to us, so we got to come up with different excuses. Well, um, yeah, I want to take the chance, I guess, to reiterate that. Um, we went with classes because there's tonnage. When we talk about private matches, we'll get into where tonnage plays a place. We had to go with the classes because eventually we hope, of course, to add more of a lobby-based system into even into pubs, and we'll see... Um, how things play out after the first version of launch module but we couldn't get into a situation where you know there was someone who bought a particular mech let's say they new to our game they're early adopter and spender and they bought a firebrand and they 
clicking the fire brand, they press launch. I mean, we we couldn't be like the only game on earth that said, sure, we're glad you bought that fire brand, but that's just a recommendation to us. You know, you don't fit the tonnage requirements, and you got to switch your mech or you're screwed. Um, we couldn't do that to that player. I mean, they if you want to play, and the way we figured it out is we said if someone clicks on a mech in pubs and presses launch they should be able to play that mech and there's that's a hundred percent true in, in launch module and the solution we came up is the best of all worlds there's only one tiny possible exception and that's only if you're creating a group of four and all four of you want to take an assault but that of course is a totally different category right i mean if you're forming a group of four in a lance you're more of an advanced player and you're also making a specific choice to create that group and to meet that criteria, which is of course is a very small amount of criteria to have to deal with, right? I mean, three assaults and a heavy for heaven's sake. It's, I mean, it, so it's the criteria is very lenient, very, all the hardcore players, you know, forming their lances should be created them however they want. They will run three business time assaults and a business time heavy as you call it. Great, no problem. There's 84% of the player base left to grab the other eight guys from and make sure we have a 3-3-3-3. So I think that's going to be great. And I need to make another point that, remember, now people say, well, crap, since it's based on class, I'm always going to be forced to take the heaviest of the class. But keep in mind, everybody, that that stretch goal, which I think, I you know, I think is becoming less of a stretch goal and more of a certainty. And it's a certainty for sure. I just don't know if it'll come out with the very first patch of launch module. I think it will actually, but that means we're actually matching tonnage. So, you know, when you decide to take a locust, that it's actually looking for a 20 ton locust on the other side, a 20 ton mech, period. Now, there may happen to be not be a locust, but it's going to find a commando. And surely there's, if not a locust, there's a commando, right? And there's some, that's an extreme case. If you have a 65 ton mech and you're going out, it's going to be able to find a 65-ton mech for the other side. I mean, there's lots of Jaegers, lots of Catapults, lots of Thunderbolts. There's tons of 65-ton mechs, tons of 55, a lot of 50s, you know, several 80s, several 85s. In the worst-case scenarios, it's going to drop or gain 5 tons. I think we're going to see less than 20 tons difference most of the time across the entire teams. I think we'll even see matching tonnage maybe as much as like perfectly matching tonnage at least half the time. We'll see. We need to know what, we'll see how these things play out, but the tonnage can be very close. So again, it doesn't, you don't need to feel compelled to take the maximum. You can be, you can take a 60 ton dragon out and not feel like you should be taking the 65 because you know, there's either going to be a dragon or a quick draw or whatever on the other side. And you know, you can match up against them just fine. So, the biggest, obviously, scream right now is just like, I want to take any size groups out. And it's going to be really challenging to go over it here on this podcast because that's a really long conversation. It's a very difficult thing. I know a lot of people out there just feel like, the solution's easy, dummy. Don't you get it? You just do this, that, or the other. And it's perfect. Um, they have to have a level of trust there, you know, that there's three full-time, um, full-time designers, plus myself and Brian, all involved. There must be, you know, 100 years of design experience combined. And it was fraught with, you know, traps and problems. And, well, geez, if you got five over here, you got a five over there. And, you know, a three and a two is not the same as a five. And, a, you know, a, 
a four and a three is not the same as a seven. I don't care if the four and the three have command trees and there's VoIP or, or whatever. And then search times become longer and longer and longer, etc. So right now, I think if group sizes go above four for pubs, it's going to have to come in the form of a group queue. And a group queue is just not something that right now, I don't think anybody wants us to work on. Even those that are really in favor of the five through 11 group sizes, I really don't think they want us, you know, for the 16% of the player base. And maybe that's would be higher. Maybe that's 20 or 25% of the player base if there's more group options available. But still, for a, that small minority of the player base, spend, you know, extra weeks or months of development time making a group queue instead of working on community warfare or some of the other things that they, you know, mech on mech collisions, mechs knocking down tree collisions, etc., etc. There's lots of things that I think we found the right mix here. We got, we're going to have a great solution for pubs. You're going to love it. Yes, you can only take groups of four. Oh, well, I think that's going to be fine. And pub play is going to be fantastic. Hey, get, Russ. Your 12, get your 12 man together. Even if you want to run uh, smaller than 12 v 12 and premiums, go there. And that, that, that'll be our solution out, out the door. Hey, Russ, obviously, I just had an idea. And I mean, uh, did you play MechWare 4 or MechWare 3 on the zone? Uh, very little. Very okay. little. MechWare 3 was the zone mostly, right? I think. Yeah, MechWare 3 and MechWare 4 were the zone. And you, you connected to the client and brought up this window. And it was a bunch of matches. And some of them were locked. Some of them were open and stuff like that. You guys are doing uh, you know, a lobby. And, and people are going to have private matches. And, and they're going to have private matches going on. And then obviously you'll have premium uh, ones as well. And they'll have a few more perks. I mean, is that something you guys possibly could do to where, let's just say, you know, seven of us in this channel right now all created, we just wanted a seven uh, v seven battle. Um, and so we created a, a, a private match. And if we wanted to be, you know, listed in a public lobby somewhere, you just check a box and boom, another group of seven could come in and, and fight us and stuff like that. So it's sort of like a public match, but it's uh, on a case by case basis. I mean. That would probably be a workaround. Obviously, I just totally pulled that out of my ass. But still, I don't think it's a big issue because everyone I've talked to, it's been like, we just want the ability to to do what we want to do, uh, whether it's community leagues or be able to play, uh, do a practice session, 7-on-7, seven 12-on-12, seven, 12 12, but with our own guys. And I think private matches are just going to offer that. And, I, you know, I, I would have to agree. I mean, Tyler, is this what you've heard from, you know, all the other community members? We would absolutely like to be able to queue in smaller groups like that. Or not queue, but make uh, private matches and do smaller groups like 4v4, even like arena style. Uh, and that's that would be a lot of fun to me. Uh, just one, before we move on, I want to confirm. Will the 12s open queue still exist once the launch module comes out? Uh, yes, at least the plan right now is there was a debate amongst us whether it really should. You know, meaning like what does it even fulfill a purpose anymore? Because you got the 12-man groups that you just kind of hit launch and just kind of hope that somebody's out there and you're going to actually find another 12-man group. Whereas once private match is out, and especially the free private match window, is really the same thing. So I'm expecting, personally, I'm expecting that all of you guys that run 12-mans are going to totally ditch the current 12-man as it exists today and completely use the private match window. But we didn't know for sure. So for now, the current 12-man functionality will remain in 
for the launch of launch module and we're going to kind of see how it plays out see if it becomes too, totally um, um, obsolete or not I would expect for you guys to see that for doing our community leagues uh, the competitive leagues that we will completely switch to private lobbies That's I'm 100% sure about that but for our day-to-day -day and practice kind of things, we still would like to have a couple servers dedicated to the, the 12s queue where we can just queue up and launch against a random team and not always have to set up organized scrimmages every single day we want to practice. So Tyler, if you uh, if they dropped the 12 queue currently that they have, but they had some sort of, um, not server list per se, you know you see a lot of games that have a server list, right? But instead of it, it had maybe a, a private match list I mean, and then that way you guys could open up 12v12 and anybody could join with 12v12. I mean, would that work? Because right now, if you just remove the 12 queue and there's no in-game way to find another match or find, you're basically having to use word of mouth or some type of contact, you know, through, through chat system or through email or through, you know, TeamSpeak to be able to find, you know, like, hey, SWK wants to drop, you know, really quick against you. Um, if you had some type of list in-game, that way it would be easy to find and be like hey you know and you can name it you know sgr is doing practice you know 12 man drops you know come bring it let's see what you got sort of thing and they could just join yeah i would like to see that over a, a no 12s queue existing at all well um why don't we get into private matches here a bit i think you know this group understands exactly what's coming but maybe i'll just go over that again quickly so that everyone understands and we can talk about it i'm not a competitive player at all and for a while i wasn't really sure of the value of it but i've really become I've really come on board now to understand, I think, just how just how huge this private match window is going to be. I, I really think it's going to be magic. So, all right, so you have... The nice thing about the private match window is it's kind of proving out some other things for us, too, like whether that eventually becomes, you know, having your dropships in some sort of lobby, even for pub play in some, some way, shape, or form in the future, because the private match window really has that. So I, I should back up a little second here. I should, this might open up a tiny bit of a can of worms. But so right now, um, do you understand that the current existing 12 mans as it exists today? My understanding right now is that after April 29th, the existing 12 mans things will still be there, like we just discussed. But I think it will be on a 3-3-3-3 system. I want to get your reaction to that first. That's totally fine for the sake of practicing. Decks. Okay. All right. That's cool. And so then moving on to private matches. Now you have the free private matches and free private matches also will be on a 3-3-3-3 system. It'll be up to you guys to meet that criteria again. Now, the way the private match window works, I think, so someone creates a private match and you can do that for free. And so your company commander, company being 12 max, of course, invites people into his you know company his group essentially his 12-man group basically and they start filling out the window and there they are and from in there though then you're the company commander invites the other company commander 12-man group leader and they you know are there and that group leader is inviting people into his group and they fill out the window so now you got you know 12 v 12 set up in this free private match the only thing they can choose i believe is the game mode so you can choose the game mode and everyone's conforming to 3333 and I believe that even in this free version, you have access to your dropships. So meaning, I think you really get access to your max. So um, you'll be able to have your drop down boxes and you'll be able to, you know, make sure that you guys are three, 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 and you're ready to go and launch and go have that battle. And then of course, what it becomes interesting 
if the person creating the private match has a premium account, the other options become available. And the other options are selecting the map and game mode again. Um, the more interesting ones though is tonnage. So if you want to set the tonnage high enough that you're running 12 atlases versus 12 atlases, that's totally fine. Um, you can set it to anything you want, any criteria at all. And the other big flexibility uh, feature, and this one is the one that costs us money because it means our servers now are not running with 24 players in it. Potentially they're running with perhaps significantly less, perhaps 1v1 games. So if the opposing player, a company group leader, also has a premium account, it unlocks the ability to have different sized teams. So if you want to do 1v1 Solaris style, great. 1v1 Locus. So now we're running an entire server instance with two Locus in it, right? But that's fine as long as you both have premium accounts. Now, even if it's just um, uh, 10v10, 8v8, whatever floats your boat, might even be able to be uneven. I'm not positive about that. I think so, though. So maybe if it's even like you think you're badass and the 12 of you can kill 10 of them, I think that's possible as well with that that option. Don't hang me on that one if I'm wrong. I think they can be uneven teams. But that's going to be a great option. So there's your thing. The cost is minimal, I would suggest. Um, one, if you guys want to do 4v4, there's one, you know, one person per lance has their premium time. And uh, you guys are going to be able to do that. You can uh, run 4v4 tournaments and 1v1 tournaments and 12v12 tournaments and you're running all the options, you know, running it only on... Uh, only on particular maps and particular game modes and particular group sizes and tonnage restrictions, everything. So I think that's awesome. The final point would be, I'm working with marketing right now that as soon as this goes live, I mean, sometime as soon after as possible, maybe in May sometime, I'd like to run a tournament. So it'd be kind of like the launch event, except we wouldn't all be at one particular location. It'd just be run, uh, you know, run remotely. And we would have it set up on the website and we'd have the whole bracketed tournament system on the website and it'd be using the private match window. These two teams show it up at a particular time or whatever and, you know, arrange the battle and we can spectate it. And no guess no gals, you can help out and spectate the matches and the whole bit. And we run a big tournament and I'm hoping to even have prizes, um, legitimate prizes, perhaps even much bigger than we had at the tournaments uh, thus far, meaning actual cash prizes. Uh, don't look for like... Uh, you know, Halo cash prize money or something. But, you know, I think it'll be big, you know, bigger than we've had before in the past, at least to get started and we'll see where we can go. But I'm talking to marketing about that right now. And I think the private match window is going to unlock all those possibilities for us. This is the best news that your competitive community has ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I was like coming. That. Well, you know, I, I've talked to... Let's a take lot a moment of, of silence, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm Just stop. <laughs> no talking. Listen, <laughs> say it again. Uh, it's not only going to be great for the competitive community. We love seeing that you get closer and closer to a, an eSport with the game. But for people that want to do recordings as well, people that want to make MechWarrior Online movies, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, and as far as the cost, um, you know, one person on each side having uh, a premium account. Now, this is just my personal opinion, but I came from playing, uh, you know, that uh, another armored combat game where I spent a lot of time doing the Clan Wars there. And pretty much the way it was with that is that all if you're an officer in your unit, then you had a premium account. And, and it was fine by everybody. I mean, nobody complained about that. Um, you know, I think people will either do it or they won't. And my guess is that they will. 
I think just having an explanation, but Russ just said, hey, we're going to have an iteration of a server, possibly with two locusts on it. That's a big difference from two locusts to 24 mechs. And I think with just a simple yeah. explanation like that, I would, I mean, me personally, I could say, okay, yeah, that definitely makes sense. I can understand that. I'm sure the, the cost would go even higher. Um, I need to help support that financially if I want it. Um, that's yeah, just I think, me, though. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I'll throw this out there, but this is like kind of way out there. Um, there's a chance. We Ideally, we didn't want to use premium accounts. We want to use kind of a new, just call it, just kind of think of it as kind of a new token system. Bottom line is, you know, you'd have some way of paying for this, you know, paying for premium options. And in one way, it's just flat out buying them. So very much just think of it like MC and, and, as, and essentially a premium account boils down to MC2, right? I mean, it's, I guess you could figure out how much it costs per month for a premium account and then divide that up per match and kind of figure out a, a per match MC cost. In the end, that premium account's going to boil down to MC. So it's all, you know, the same thing essentially, but some kind of token system. But the beauty is that we would be able to reward those tokens even maybe even in you know similar to the other armored combat game as you mentioned there are um as sometimes i believe in the in the uh, uh you know the clan battles that there is rewards like hard currency oh yeah uh, rewards so it would be our way of being able to sort of reward these tokens or whatever so you know it's not gonna usually it doesn't cover everything it only covers a fraction but it helps and it maybe allows you know these units to do some of the stuff um, you know, by earning these tokens, but um, that's extra work that we got to do. Um, so out the gate, we're sticking with what we already have engineered, and that is uh, premium accounts. Well, but, means... and I think the trade-off is real quick. Sorry, Phil, is that I think we've already been pretty lenient on that regard, um, and I think this is okay from that respect. You know, the, some other games require you to have a premium account, even if you want to create a group of three people. You know, so you can create your four groups of four. Uh, you know, in our pub matches, completely for free. You can create groups of 12 in the in the standard 12 mans, or even in the free premiums, completely free. Um, so we've already, I think, haven't asked for people to have premium accounts for uh, a lot of functionality that other games have. Um, but this is where we kind of have to um, ask for it here when it comes to spinning up server instances with with um, a much, perhaps a, a way smaller amount of mechs and players involved. And that concludes part one of our interview with Russ Bullock, president at Piranha Games. Look for part two in a couple days. And until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me, but I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin, but there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot